we have had a great week. I hope you've had a great week. Hope you're having a great weekend. I think all the schools are off uh, this weekend. Uh, we have a request. We kind of put ourselves in a bind as a church. Um, there was a church up north that was going to take a bunch of college students to a to Florida, and we loaned our van out to them. And now our high school students uh, want to go to Mod, which is just as exhilarating as Florida. And uh, they want they want they want to go. There's a winter youth series at Mod, um, Texas. They need to leave here at about four thirty, and they don't have a ride. Um, we probably need a couple of people with um, with Suburbans, GMCs, uh, like maybe like a helicopter, and we we just need a couple of those. And if we have some of those, uh, our kids can go. Um, Come see me after church um, and give your vehicle to teenagers. Uh, one thing I would add, though, is if, if you've never taken a group of youth kids to a thing, you should try it. It's actually pretty fun. I think you might kind of, uh, you might like it. Um, you might not, but you also might like it. Um, and it might be worth your time. And I definitely would be worth your time. The thing you go to is is interesting. They they have a worship service with just youth and um, a church open. We've had it here. We will have it here in the future. Um, but this one, the first one, is in mod. I just can't say that. That's the ugliest sounding word coming out of my mouth. Mod. Like I just can't. But come come talk to me if you would like to um, volunteer your time. Or maybe even if you think you should volunteer your time, maybe you won't don't like to, but you just think you should. Um, come talk to me, and we'll. Um, uh, David is going to offer his his car, <laughs> but uh, I love David's car. I love that. Um, but we we turned him down because there's. Uh, but no, we are going to have a. Uh, sorry about that, David. It's a, it's a stick. Okay, all right, that's the only problem, is that it's a stick. All right, well, we are, we will, we have, we're spending the um, month of January in the Great Commission. The, the Great Commission calls us to a new existence, to a new life of, of making disciples. And as we, um, we'll read it real quick, just once through. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Now we've worked our way up to this little command here, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, what we find in um, Scripture is that anytime someone, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sick, my whole family's sick, they all stayed home, I just have to power through because I'm tougher than the rest of them. But <laughs> what we find here is that he said, anytime in the New Testament someone wants to become a Christian, they are put under water and then brought back up. 
Now, it's crazy if you think about that from just a, if just aliens dropped down and said, oh, Jesus, what do you, what do you do? Someone's never had any experiment of it. We're, well, we've got a big thing of water. We're going to put you in for a bit, and then it'll be. Then you'll be a Christian. I, I just want, for a second, for us to stop being, to be normalized by the event of baptism, that we've seen it so many times and talked about it so often, that sometimes it can become a, a, a pretty normal thing to us, when in fact, it's quite an odd thing. It wasn't odd to them specifically because the word baptize is just a regular word for them. Like if, if they went to the river to wash their tunic, they would baptize their tunic. That was just the word they used, baptizo. It just, mean, it just meant put underwater, immerse. Now the problem is with our language is that we, um, we, we translate baptizo to mean baptize, which that actually isn't translation. That's called transliteration. It's where you take what the word sounds like in one language and just pick it up and put it in another language, um, like fiancé or bratwurst. Uh, so those, those words are transliterated. They're, they're stolen from other languages. I did the bratwurst for you, Alex. Alex is from Germany. That was just for me and him. So, um, is it burst? Brought burst? Okay, thank you. Uh, brought bad, brought worse, brought worst. So, <laughs> I'm so stupid. How the filter didn't catch that one, I don't know, but Rachel's not here. <laughs> So there, but we do that with languages. We'll take, we'll take like a word like baptizo and we'll say, we'll say, well, that means baptize. Well, what is that? What does baptize mean? Baptize means to put completely underwater. There's several traditions that do different things. They pour water on babies' heads or they'll sprinkle people with holy water. And that's, that's, not our our practice, because it is um, our belief that that every time someone in the New Testament decided to be a Christian, that we that they put them, they put all of them underwater. Uh, Paul talks about this in Romans six, where he says uh, that whenever you were immersed into Jesus, if we just translate the word, whenever you were immersed into Jesus, you were immersed into His death burial and resurrection and you rose again to a new life so the the actual representation of death burial resurrection is beautiful and powerful and every time in the new testament when someone decides i want to give my life to jesus they are baptized as a part of it now in the church of christ this was something we kind of we pound home but i i want to pay attention to something um we're, we might can miss. And it's that our baptism is an immersion into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father, God, Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And when we are immersed into 
the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it affects and changes and adjusts our whole life. And that we are called to daily immerse ourselves into the life of Jesus, into the name of God. And it's that immersion that if, if we completely give our lives to Jesus, not just part of the way, but if we completely give our lives to Jesus, then we will be making disciples at that point. Because you can't make disciples who are going to immerse themselves into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit if you, after your actual immersion, aren't immersing yourself into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as well. If your day-to-day routine is not this immersion into what Jesus has done and what He has called you to, then you aren't going to make any disciples after that. Frankly, you're not a disciple. You've made a decision, but you're not, you haven't grown yet into a disciple. Your decision will save you, but if you don't become a disciple, you won't save anybody else. You won't lead anyone else. To, you won't make disciples. The Great Commission won't have an effect on you. And as we immerse ourselves, we've got to immerse our whole selves, and I think that's where we struggle. Anyone ever seen a duck? Right? Maybe most people have. On water, swimming. It looks like the duck is just floating. Because above the water, a duck is just still as can be. Moving around, looking for bread. Loaves of bread. Who knew that's what ducks ate? Moving around. Under the water, they're going nuts. Their feet are kicking a hundred times a minute. That's a stat I made up, but it's a lot. They're kicking a lot. Just, just going. Now, the philosophical question is, which duck is the real duck? Is it the duck that's calm and quiet on top? Or is it the duck that's struggling underneath? Which one? Well, both ducks are the real duck. They're just different elements. Sometimes uh, you'll hear us think that we're one person, and we say it like this. Like when we're depressed, or when we're anxious, or we're struggling, not not just depressed and anxious, but struggling with depression and struggling with anxiety. When we're wrestling with those things, we'll say, I just want to get back to my real self. I just want to get back to normal. I think the biggest problem is we've convinced ourselves that there's a normal. That your anxiety is, your anxiety is you. Your depression is you. Your joy is you. Your sadness is you. You are a multifaceted human being. Every single one of you. You have joy and pain and you have sorrow and suffering. You have laughter and tears like that's all me. I get hungry and I get angry and I get tired and I get sleepy. I get excited and manic and 
silly and fun. We can be all of those things and all of those elements of us make up the whole of us. You're not normal, as we talked about last week. You're complicated. And sometimes it seems like we think when we get baptized that we're baptizing the best part of us. And I'm going to I'm, I'm going to get rid of the sin and um, move on to heaven. And I'm going to be like, that's the part of me that's Christian. But the, the, the fault there is that we think that we have that Christianity or in being immersed into the name of Jesus is just a section of our multifaceted life. And it's not. It's a lens through which to see our multifaceted life. It's a lens through which to talk about our depression. It's a lens through which to experience our anxiety. And listen, the lens does not make those things better. It doesn't make them easier. It just means that the depressed me is saved by the one who saved me. The anxious me is saved by the one who saved me. That Jesus wins over and is victorious over death means that when I'm sad, I'm victorious over death. When I'm joyful, I'm victorious over death. I raise from the grave in all of my emotional states. There is not, not a normal one you. Now, men can, men can struggle with this Sometimes on on a different spectrum as women sometimes because and I don't want to over um, over paint men as just guys who like bacon and all that like men are on a bunch of different spectrums as well. But men sometimes process all of their emotions as anger. Fear, sadness, anger are all anger. Even sometimes joy. What do we do when we're excited? Punch the air. You know, it didn't deserve it. But we're we're angry. And so that we, we process emotions differently than women do. And we have and, 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 and men and women process emotions differently than each of their own kind do. And so it's hard to connect with other people sometimes whenever they're struggling with sadness or depression. And I'm struggling with anxiety and you're struggling with your finances and you're really excited about that thing that just happened. We're all in this kind of blob of a bunch of different us's. And then all of us and all of ourselves are together as a community, immersed into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It blows my mind that some things can't be talked about at church. You know what people are saying whenever they talk about like like well let's not let's not let's not talk about that at church. Okay, well, do we need to go to a bar? Where should we talk about that? Do we need to I don't know. Are bridges a good place? Like the place is a place for, 
Like in church, you're supposed to be able to come up with all of this stuff. Sometimes you want to come down front and, and, and be prayed for, but you feel like, well, I don't know, this is like a thing you talk about in church. This is the, this is the best place to talk about it. Because we can immerse that into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We can put that completely into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All of you. All of each of you can be immersed into the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All of the things you're wrestling with, the addictions, the, 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 the habits, the, the attitudes... We're gonna, we are going to continuously, day, since the day of your immersion, we're going to immerse that into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You will live a baptized life. But you've got to let, you've got to let all of you live it. Every bit of you live it, because it's, you can't, you can't pretend much longer. It's going to wear you out. And some of you have been pretending you're happy for a long time. And that's exhausting. Some of you have been pretending that you're, that you're excited or that you've forgiven that person. You've been, you've been pretending. And pretending isn't doing it. And so when you don't actually get to feel the things you're pretending to feel, you will wear yourself out. Today's the day, whether here or with your family or with your spouse on the way home, to, to stop pretending and immerse your depression, your anxiety, your joy, immerse your worries, immerse your, your suffering, your fears, immerse... Your worry, immerse, immerse all of you, all of each of you into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. When, when we baptize people, we're hoping that they know that all of them is sharing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Not just like the bland church you, because that, that can be bland. There's a reason I don't tell people I'm a preacher. One, because they never guess. And two, <laughs> they're never like, oh yeah, you're a preacher, aren't you? I spotted it. But mainly, I just want to have real conversations with actual human beings. I just, I want to have like a legitimate relationship with a person. And that's hard to pull off as soon as they figure out, they'll be talking about the Cowboys playing the Packers. I'm like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is scary, but I think we can do it. Now, what do you do for a living? I'm a preacher, but let's back there. Well, you know, I go to church sometimes and some. <laughs> just. <sighs> I swear a little and I sometimes I don't. OK. Church people, when they're pretending to be church people, are bland people. 
They're, they're monotone, um, one, just this one hue of a person. They're all, they're all just walking in the doors. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. We're all fine. We're good. We're fine. Everyone's fine and good. Yeah. I am sad today. We want to hear that because we want to immerse you in in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. As a church, we want to make you a disciple. And if we can't turn you into a disciple if you won't even pay attention to all the parts of you. If you won't immerse, if we can't immerse what we know into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that's not discipleship. That's a decision. We won't be able to do it. You won't be able to do it. Because that's not real. That's not the real you. The bad news is that you don't have a real you. You have a consistent you whenever you're hungry, and you have a consistent you whenever you're tired. You have a consistent you whenever you're angry. You tend to be pretty consistent in your emotions, but your emotions are pretty crazy. They're all over the map, and you were made that way, and that's okay. Feel them. I would much rather feel bad than nothing. I used to write songs. I was really bad at it. I used to write, there's this band I used to listen to that maybe none of you have ever heard of in your life. Their name was Dashboard Confessional. And I love Dashboard Confessional. They just hit a note with me with this late teenage angst of sadness of um, no girl found me as special as my mom did. You know, that sort of, like, my hopes were so high and all that. I used to write songs similar to that. And then I I, I met Rachel, and I... uh, I, had a, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a song about her. She'll love it. And she would have. But I couldn't do it. Couldn't write a song about happiness. I just hadn't flexed that muscle. I didn't know what to do. It felt silly. Sun drops and rain. I felt br- like sun drops and rainbows. <laughs> See, I, I'm awful at it. And I felt, like, I felt silly. I felt like, what am I doing? I, just, I was good with sad. I handled sad well with through music. That's how music had always helped me handle sad. And it expressed itself. I loved C sharp minor. That was my favorite chord to play songs in. And I so I, I, I felt that in that way, but whenever I experienced happy and tried to deal tried to put my sad sad I couldn't do it. They just wouldn't match. So I don't write Rachel songs. I write her silly poems. I ended up doing that. I'm better at that when I'm happy. So there's things you're fine with when you're sad and things and you're okay with when you're happy and you're not good at one when you're not the other. And God made us so complicated and that's such a beautiful thing. We're not canines. Dogs are happy all the time. We're not cats who are sad and vindictive all the time. 
we're, we're complicated human beings. We're com- we, and we have been, all, all of each of us has been saved by the love of God. That part of you that you think you shouldn't bring up or discuss in church has been saved by the love and the grace of God. It has been redeemed by the sacrifice of Jesus and is being reformed by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You don't want to talk about it. It's the best place to do it. So let us try to be a little more open with ourselves. Let us be able to say, I am angry right now. I am sad right now. I am joyful right now. And in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I'm depressed. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I'm anxious. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, because I, all of me has been immersed into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He has saved and redeemed all of me. Every single part of me. And the more you can immerse all of those intricate parts of you into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, after your actual immersion into the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we will find that you will make more and more disciples that way. Because the world isn't looking for a place to be happy. They're looking for a place to be sad. They're looking for a place to feel anxiety in the comfort of a community that has not judged them in that time. And they're looking for a Savior who immerses them into, immerses all of them into the name of God, into the name of Jesus, into the name of the Holy Spirit. I want all of you to be saved. I want all of you, each of you, to find redemption. And it's only in the name of Jesus that we find it. Because Jesus wants everything to do with everything about you. And we find that right up front. That we are immersed into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If you would like to be baptized, if you would like to start your immersion today, whether you, whether, whether you need to actually physically be baptized and give your life to Jesus, or there's just parts of you that you haven't given to God. Today is the day. Stop pretending to be what you're not. Let yourself be more complicated. And let your complicated self be saved. Let's stand and sing. Let us haste, oh haste to its brink.